0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest stop on the michaud mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always,
1: I am joined by my co-host. Uh this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul on GTownRadio.com, Wednesdays 8 to 10. And tonight or today or wherever or whenever you're <laughs> you doing what i'm to, doing <laughs> listening to this podcast
0: we are joined by a very special guest yeah it is autumn simmons of talk fusion don't call it radio how you doing autumn
2: i'm swell Lynn. how are you
0: i'm doing great autumn um was a recent guest on the black Tribbles. all right and <laughs> was inducted into the Tribble Nation, what was your um triple designation?
2: My name is Quirky Tribbles after my web series The Quirk Chronicles. Right, oh, yeah. right.
0: Yeah, the the Quirk Chronicles which you can find um on YouTube. Yes. Right? Um which is basically which is it is a quirky show. We actually spent a lot of time watching it. It's a a quirky slice of life. It's kind of like almost got a
2: You guys checked it out the first Yeah, episode. it does.
0: It's got a little bit of a uh a development type of vibe to it. You okay, know nice. it's, it's it's off the wall but it but it is cool. She's um Autumn stars in it. It's a little insane, but it's funny. It's it's really cute. It's All right. really cute. And she's got an Indiegogo campaign right now going on um to to finish the last three episodes. The next last three four, last, last four episodes yes. of the Quirky Chronicles. But there's three episodes up there for you to check out on YouTube. We'll have a link in all the show notes and everything like that. So, it's really dope. And we'll we'll talk a, touch on again about that at the end of the show after we dive deep into Eddie Murphy's romantic comedy hit from 1992,
2: Boomerang. Yay. <laughs>
0: $40 for least Kirby!
1: Come on, Kirby. Kirby! Did you lose your dog? Oh,
0: yeah, I lost uh, a white springer span with brown spots on them Kirby. You ain't got no romance. I, 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 excuse me, excuse me. I'm the most romantic cat both of you know. Oh! Kirby!
2: Wait, let me give you my number, because I'm not going to be able to sleep until I know you found him. Do you have a pen?
0: Do I? <laughs> Stuff like that never happens to me, man. Stuff like that never happens to anybody except for Marcus. Spend the night with me. Oh, Christy, no, it's just too soon. I can The only reason stuff like that happens to me all the time is because I pay attention to women. Check it. Like Jet magazine. I'm working here about nine days. You know, I've been on time most of the time, even when it rained. Don't you think it's about time we talk promotion? <laughs> We're colleagues. We can
1: discuss business. I'm talking about a business dinner. Just business and straight and discussing our work. You know, there's other things in life besides sex. Come on, how about sharing, commitment? You, know, you get to get in touch with your
0: feminine side like uh, me. I'm starting to sound low on the soft side. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to impress you, you know that. I know you Now, where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. <laughs> well, the secret is, you got to coordinate. Uh-huh. Most people don't <laughs> coordinate. See, you has got to coordinate.
2: Look what I got. Ah! Like, haven't you ever seen a guy and thought he was attractive?
0: Women do stuff like that. You see other girls, and you say, oh, she's cute, or her hair is nice, But guys don't see other guys, and go, oh, look at the shoulders. You know, we don't do that. Hey, <laughs> you know what your problem is? You need more romance and less dopamine pension. That's what you mean. Oh, God. <laughs> I am the Romance when I meet a woman, and then once I hit it, I lose interest, but that ain't my fault. Where are you going? I have to give a speech in the morning to the board of
2: directors. But thank you. You were great. God, Marcus, I was so tense when I got off the plane, but you really relaxed me.
1: Call me. Sad, man. First of fat boys break up. Now this. Eddie
0: Murphy, Robin Gibbons, Halle Berry,
1: David Allen Greer, David Greer, Allen Greer, Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence, Eartha Kitt. John Witherspoon, John Witherspoon, um, Jeffrey Jones. Jones, Jones, Jeffrey
0: Holder, Jeffrey Holden, Holder, um, Tisha Campbell? T- oh yes, Tisha, Tisha Campbell, I not forget Tisha Campbell, uh, starred in, uh, Reginald Hudlin's, the director had Reginald Hudlin's Boomerang, a romantic comedy from 1992 that was actually Vince's selection to kick off our month of love uh, all April long here on yes. on the Michelle mission. Uh, however, when it was mentioned to Autumn that we were going to be reviewing Boomerang, she said, oh, well, I'm there. And she, just, and, and she would not take no for an answer. Quirky. So, she's quirky like that. So Autumn, exactly what does the movie Boomerang mean to you?
2: Well, it was an interesting time, the 90s. Uh, during the time the movie came out in 92, I was 11 years of age. And for some interesting reason, I had a, a liberal mother. So mm-hmm. I was permitted to see certain movies, especially Eddie Murphy movies, even though they mm. were rated R.
1: His a liberal mother. Yeah. She liberal, just
2: couldn't get a
0: babysitter. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Good distinction to make. Maybe a little bit of both. All right.
2: So either way, I was introduced to Eddie Murphy Movies at a very early age, prematurely. And so for me, when I think about Boomerang, I didn't realize at the time, though, I thought it was funny on some parts that I could understand. Um, I kind of had more of an appreciation for it later after the 90s passed. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, wow, the 90s was a really great era with fashion and music. And so when I think about it, even then and now, it's the music. That really stands out the most to me. Aside from it being a, a great romantic comedy, I was introduced to Tony Braxton's music, yeah. which was is still today one of my favorite recording artists, superstars, mm-hmm. next to the Jacksons. So that had a lot to do with and Boys to Men, End of the Road. Yeah. That was a really huge song. Huge. Boys to Men, being from Philly, the Philly connection. So that had a, a very profound impact on me was the soundtrack which was produced mostly by Babyface. Yeah, L.A. Reid and Babyface. Mm -hmm. L.A. Reid and Babyface. And then uh, you also had Holly Berry was just launching and becoming a superstar in her own right during this period as well. And there's so many legendary talent that are in this particular film that just over time it just became even more of a classic.
0: You, You forget that you know, Eartha Kitt and Jeffrey Holder, you know, uh are in this film, what they meant to black cinema.
1: Right, right. Know, even by then. By then. Yeah, even by you know ninety two. I mean? Um so uh I mean Melvin Van Peebles has a cameo.
0: Wow, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's so, right. You know, you yeah, I forgot talk, about that. Talk
1: about icons of black cinema.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What does a boomerang mean for you, Vince? Because this was your your uh, selection.
1: uh You know, I think I picked it just cuz it was kind of light and in but but just sort of watching it again mm-hmm. for this like now I'm kind of angry. Boomerang is a damn masterpiece. I don't think Boomerang gets the credit it should get. Mm. It oh 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 you disagree? Yeah. I'm just listening. That's all. Oh uh-huh. I'm listening. I think um I think everybody is working their A game in this. I think Eddie Murphy, I think um Haley Barry I think Robin Givens, who I had a, a brand new appreciation of watching it this time. Mm-hmm. You know, David Allen Greer, I think as, you know, as supporting players, David Allen Greer and Martin Lawrence are fantastic. Right. I think there are, um, y- you know, it, it, it sort of kind of goes back to our, our conversation, our very first episode about Uptown Saturday Night, where, you know, a lot of the film. Is sort of almost extended cameos where people get one or two scenes, right? But in their scene, they destroy it. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, Eartha Kitt in the one or two moments that she's in as Lady Eloise, Grace Jones in her couple of scenes as Strange, uh, Jeffrey Holder. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> he's insane, and and you know what? Like, what else can you say about John Witherspoon? like John Witherspoon who had a 30 year overnight success story with <laughs> that's, Boomerang that's true you you know like like you just said right before we start like he's made a whole career out of that dinner scene he is still eating off of that mushroom jacket and belt and lining but the reason he does it is because he destroys that scene yeah like he destroys that scene i th- i think i think when we talk about Eddie Murphy's three films from this period. Like, like I kind of group this with Harlem nights and coming to America, which are like the three Eddie Murphy productions where he has complete right. control. And, and these are the things he puts together. Uh, Eddie Mur- Harlem nights and coming to America came before, this. came before that. Right. Boomerang is the last one right. of, of this kind of, you know, unofficial trilogy. And I think just visually, there's something to be said about a film with an entire black cast mm-hmm. that looks this good. Mm. Like you can tell the money that the studio put up for this movie. and And you know, I was reading early about, you know, Reggie Hutland talked about the the money, or, or rather, the um the fashion. The, right for the fashion and the hair yeah and the makeup and everything where all these people to look good look like they were right you know. like this is an a list film 42
2: yeah. million was put up for the budget for the film which because
1: which in 92 is not a small exactly a small and and you know i think that is a testament to eddie murphy hmm. that eddie murphy got this made true and which and is his story it, it is historic and you know again and in, in two thousand sixteen, we look at this stuff, and like I kept watching, I was like, "There are no white people in this movie, no, no except for the French people." I, 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 right. I will. I will now list to you all the white people who have speaking roles in this film. The waitress. Yes. About the asparagus spears. <laughs> right. The dude who works at the clothing shop. Uh-huh. That 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 tells him that there's no layaway. Right. Right. The one dude from the board. Right. Those are all the speaking roles that a white person has in this film. Wow. Which is important. Again, this is a big budget production. Mm. There's a big budget production that Eddie Murphy put together and it is it is amazing. Um, I think the other thing that kind of struck me this time watching it, I, I think I've always sort of, you know, was sort of it, it like we talked about with Spike Lee. When we, it was always this sort of ambient conversation about you know is Eddie Murphy misogynist and, and you know Eddie Murphy and black women and, and I know um, just in my house my wife and I go back and forth right. about Eddie Murphy and, and you know Eddie Murphy's views on women this that, and the other uh, Robin Givens character Jacqueline mm-hmm. is a damn superhero yeah. she comes in she gets hers Yep, she's about her business yep uh she she is she is in control of her sexuality mm-hmm. she's not talking about i want to get married she's not talking about this and that even when he leaves her at the end to go spoiler for a 20 year old movie you know to go back to uh, uh Haley Barry's character she's just like well i mean all right and it's like okay robin Givens, all right jacqueline so i i I like Jacqueline's character, and there are actually several characters like that where you have Strange, mm-hmm. and then she's a very strong female character. You, you have Lady Eloise, mm-hmm. who you know, ha ha jokey jokey, but Lady Eloise goes for self and you know, gets hers. Um, okay, I, I think that's a stretch with Lady Eloise. You, you mean much like she stretched with, with, with how limber she was at her age? Hey, that's and that's Eartha Kitt. Well, you, have you ever heard the Eartha Kitt story about this role? About the teeth?
2: No, I haven't heard that story.
1: The story was originally in the original script before they turn off the lights, before their love their love scene, Lady Eloise is supposed to take her dentures out. Oh, wow. oh yeah, I did hear that. Mm-hmm. And Eartha Kitt She's said, right? no. I'm not doing that. Right. Because I don't have dentures. I have my teeth and you're not gonna misre- misrepresent <laughs> me right. or a woman my age like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, All right, all right, Lady Eloise, do your thing. So, you know big fan
0: of boomerang i'm a fan of boomerang too i enjoy i enjoy boomerang i think the argument can definitely be had of some rampant misogyny certain certainly well we certainly know in eddie murphy's comedy in his right like, right, in his right stand up um maybe not so much in his films i think he uses his films to kind of like soften his image a little bit i think this film was his attempt to kind of changed the conversation a little bit of what was going on with him at the time because he, he, he was a ladies man mm-hmm. you know like classically a ladies man out in Hollywood um, and he gets his comeuppance by the Robin Givens character uh in this film. Jacqueline. Jacqueline Because she basically, you know, you're saying it's funny that you're saying that she's a superhero when really what she's doing is she's playing his game.
2: She's just reflecting him. Exactly. So
0: she's really playing his game. So if you're saying that she's a superhero, then by virtue, you should be saying that his character is a superhero. And you certainly can't say that his character is a superhero because this character is all about. It's all about deception and deceit. Well, to I don't get think woman she, in bed. I don't think she lost to him
1: now.
2: I think you're talking about the female empowerment, right? Sexuality. Oh, uh, okay, right. okay.
0: I, yeah. I feel you. On, I feel you. On o- that.
1: Also, she doesn't lie to him. No, she doesn't. Right? Like he's a lying dude.
0: Okay, yeah, right, right. right. She, she's straight up. She is straight up. Right. You know, her game is truth. His game is deception. Okay, so, so I, I hear you. That I, 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 I back down on that the The thing that struck me about this film and it's the, it, it's the same thing that struck me about Harlem Nights and I think it's telling that Harlem Nights was done before this mm-hmm. because Harlem Nights reads so much to me and, and, and as a pure vanity trip by mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy to I mean you can almost I can almost feel him saying I need like this certain filter on the camera, because I know that what that will do to my skin, I, I can feel him doing that in Harlem Nights, and then Harlem and tellingly, he's the director of Harlem Nights, right. so whereas this film, which could have easily played that same way you have Eddie Murphy insisting on having the same cinematographer that he had for Har- Harlem Nights on this film mm-hmm. even though he he's smart enough to get Reginald Hudlin coming off a house party to direct it okay um he's smart enough to get his writing partners from SNL. from SNL mm-hmm. Dave Sheffield and um Barry Blondstein, to help him write the story and massage that story a little bit yeah yeah you know what i mean um so so he He's learning the lessons that he, he that he didn't exercise in *Harlem Nights*. Here in here in *Boomerang*, this still could have come off very much like a vanity vanity project for him. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of budget for you know for the costuming and everything like that. There's a lot of budget for that because because while Halle Berry and Robin Givens are dressed to the nines in these in this movie, they've got on dresses. Mm-hmm. He's got a nice, nice dress and a nice sweater. Eddie is layered every time you see him from the from the suit to the shirt to the scarf to he's got about twenty different top coats that he wears in this in this movie. Yes. So it's so it ran it ran close to like oh man are you going there? But he smartly had these had the, has these other people to soften the blow plus. What he also has that I don't think he has in Harlem Nights, even though people argue with me to the difference. In Harlem Nights, he had he had Arsenio Hall, but Arsenio Hall is barely in Harlem Nights. Right. He's more a part of coming to America. Harlem Nights is his love letter to Richard Pryor, Fred Sanford and Red Fox Mm -hmm. Fox and, Mm -hmm. and all those guys. But both of them, admittedly, are not at their peak. They're right. not even near that peak. Richard is almost translucent in that film. Here in this film, he surrounds himself with people that are, you know, it's funny you say that they're cameos. They're not really cameos. These all of these people are up and coming, right? So, right, that, right. so they're they're really approaching the zenith of their of their careers, and thus are still hungry. And the energy of them still finding themselves is evident here. That's a good point. And yeah. he take and he takes the chance putting a not fully formed but energetic and energized Martin Lawrence next to him. Right. You know what I mean? He takes the chance of of giving a 19, 20 year old Chris Rock his break and giving him like three or four scenes that he steals.
1: Right, absolutely. He steals
0: in this film. He takes the chance of having David Allen Greer who could act a box around Eddie Murphy and almost everybody else in this film. Yeah. And 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 giving him a role that it could have been easy to fall into caricature with, but knowing that David alegria is talented enough to find some levels in that character and pull them out. And he takes the chance of casting Robin Givens coming off of the Mike Tyson uh, controversy at the yeah. time um, and, and hot off of that boiling hot off of that. He takes the chance, well I should say Reginald Hudlin takes the chance because he's the one that also cast her. Knowing that he he needed somebody that the audience would immediately see is formidable to this character that Eddie Murphy is playing. And Robin Givens in that opening scene where you see her just standing in front of the elevator. She's doing nothing but standing in front of the elevator but you can see, all shit. Right, because because this is going to, this is going to be the one before you even see that it's Robin Gibbons. Right,
1: right, right. You know right. what I'm
0: saying? They take the chance. They are what elevate this film. Mm-hmm. They are what elevate fashions of it. Gives it a cool kind of trappings. It kind of has a. Uh, 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 it reminded me very much of like the screwball comedies of, of his girl, his girl Friday, mm-hmm. um, uh, or um, bringing up baby from back in the Cary Grant days. And you can see that they, he's trying to get his black Cary Grant on, yeah, yeah, in this yeah, film, yeah. and he and he succeeds, yeah, he succeeds for the most part. This is a
1: very good looking Eddie Murphy yeah. in this film. Cary Grant, I don't know if he ever wore the one piece cat suit that Eddie Murphy wears at the dinner. That's,
0: that's not a one piece cat suit. I, it's a
1: jacket. It's not a it's, I think
0: that's a one Is piece it a one piece, piece cat suit? It
2: looked like a jacket. It's a jacket. Suit. It's, a
0: jacket. it's yeah. a jacket with black pants. Yeah, it looks like No, he wears it almost like a cat suit. <laughs> you know, but it's not a cat suit. Okay.
1: All right. No, no.
0: I'm not gonna do that to the brother. No, nah, he he didn't wear a cat suit. <laughs> right. He didn't wear a cat suit. No, 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 no. Um I
2: also wanted to just add that during the time that Boomerang was released, uh shortly thereafter, Distinguished Gentleman was also released, but Right. That movie wasn't I don't think it was as successful as Boomerang. Not at made, all. But no. in terms of the, the Eddie Murphy appeal that he had in the nineties, I think mm. it kind of it reflects that of what Eddie was trying to go for, how he went to don himself as a superstar. Yeah. Image yeah. wise. Yeah. But in terms of the quality of the script and the cast, though so there are like Shirley Ralph is in Distinguished Gentleman. there's some little parallels but i definitely don't think it's in the same ballpark or class as boomerang no it's not oh but yeah I just mention it because it was
0: around it's right, it is right around right the time. right right yeah.
1: and and, and it, it started that period okay where it, the eddie murphy movie started to come and you got this sort of diminishing returns okay. mm-hmm. until you get to like um dr Doolittle. Nutty professor. like he kind of recreates yeah. himself mm-hmm. yeah as yeah. a um family but,
0: th- but what this is this this is a continuing you talk about like this like the um uh the Trilogy of coming to America, Harlem Knights, and this Harlem Knight's boomerang, and to a degree distinguished gentleman is a little trilogy of Eddie, like you know, I look good in a suit. <laughs> I let me do. Fitness. Let me do some movies where I can look good in suits. Where I can
1: wear suits. Where I can wear a Eddie. Suit. Sex symbol, exactly. Yeah. Sex right, symbol, right.
0: Eddie with the with the hair slicked back in the part and making sure that everybody sees the big <laughs> grin, smile, all, every, every place. You know what I mean? Even many
2: of his photo shoots for magazines during that time reflected this sex exactly. symbol, Playboy type of feeling thing. his powers, yeah.
0: right? And feeling his powers, which which is why distinguished gentlemen didn't ring true. Harlem Knights as much as people really gravitated to it, it wasn't the hit that they it, it wanted it because it was it was all Eddie. Mm-hmm. This is he's pulled back a little bit. He's uh, he he has to play the straight man a yes, little bit in the Yes, he's a still. straight
1: man in a lot of the scenes. In A
0: lot of the scenes, you know, he has to be a little bit more quieter. He's asked to act a little bit and he's okay. It may be one of his better acting roles and one of his better films because of it, because there is less of him, less okay. of that Eddie Murphy the persona of right Eddie the Eddie murphiness where right.
1: well like like you said he's a straight man in right. a lot of the scenes like the over the top characters are other people I think it's it's funny that that he kind of channels the over the top characters into makeup in mm-hmm. coming to America so that so so it, so it's almost like off of coming to America instead of putting on the makeup he just has other people play the roles right so he can you know like you say well be the leading man mm-hmm. like you know I think you, I think you're, you're right he was moving to you know I'm a leading man
0: but tellingly coming to America was not he didn't direct direct it so you know it's it's uh he got in his head for *Harlem Knights, Reginald Hudlin said, "Let's pull you out of your head a little bit." Right, right. Boomerang.
2: I have heard that Eddie, um, in previous interviews during the time this movie came out, *Boomerang*, that they, the cast, rehearsed a lot. And yeah, and he so said like it was, like, it was his first time rehearsing in that mm-hmm. way. Cause yeah. Normally, he didn't give that much effort to that aspect of the pre-production and you know production. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like fly, you know. So I thought that was. Said a lot about his maturity as an actor and wanted to take it more serious. And I don't know if it's maybe the budget has something to do with it. They were spending so much money for it. He wanted to make sure he gave his best performance. I think but-
0: that I think that's uh, indicative of Reggie Hudlin.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say. I know Reggie Hudlin said that you know kind of working with comedians because yeah, you, you know, just think about it, like a lot of these scenes. It's Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. And David Allen Greer and Reggie Hudlin said he basically had to put parameters on how much improvising, you, you know, improvisation they did. Because, you know, again, the I mean, you put the three of them just in a room having a sandwich and, and you know, it's it's not uh, it's no telling what you're going to um see. Uh, one of the funny things I, I saw about people just kind of dealing with the comedy in this film like a scene i never thought would have been one where you had to break character i read that that the scene where 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 they're trying to tell stranger what the name of her perfume should be that was hilarious Haley berry apparently was 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 sobbing mm-hmm. laughing so hard so that like from from um from grace jones like Grace Jones, this over the top Grace Jones character, and then Haley Berry apparently could not keep character because it was so funny. And you know, again, I I think I, I think that's fantastic that other people get a chance to kind of cut up. And if you know anything about Grace Jones and, and her and, and just her music and her persona, like Strange is this very exaggerated version of what people thought grace jones was yeah so you know it's it's, you know i just saw it was fantastic that grace jones could kind of be in on the joke Mm -hmm. and have fun with this stranger which you know
2: i think that restaurant scene that's another scene where you do see more white people but they're not speaking right (laughs) but that scene alone was like over the top he's
1: gay (laughs) he's gay my brother is gay he's you know what we could like it's it's so like i actually kind of said uh, do i need to watch it cuz like you kind of quote it like i've memorized the entire film like i don't know but but yeah it's it is scene by scene that is just amazing like it is scene to scene with these characters like like you were talking about um tisha campbell I forgot how funny tisha campbell is in this film in the three scenes that she's in it yeah so yeah she's
0: she, she's killer she she is watching this film i always had an appreciation for tisha campbell mm-hmm. I've, I've had it since martin i've had it since my wife and kids and i've had it from from all the other movies that she's been in but watching this film especially considering like again this is like Beginning of her career, right? You know what I mean. Um, uh, and also the beginning of what put her on the uh, radar of Martin Lawrence to cast her
1: in Martin. Right, right, right. So this you said this is a year after House Party. Yeah, yeah. So right, so they really are. Yeah, you know,
0: she, she Tisha Campbell. It is a shame because probably now she's maybe maybe uh, aged out of it. But it's a shame that nobody worked a sitcom or even better yet, just a movie for her Mm -hmm. because she's good. She's great as a comedic actor, Mm -hmm. but she's also great with physical comedy. Right. She she can deliver a line and she's shown certainly in other things, maybe not so much in this because she's pretty much a little bit one note in this film. But she's shown in other things that she can, she has a range and depth to her acting. It is a, sh- it is really a shame, and you can say this about so many. Actresses. I was about to say, my God, you, you, there's so many you can say. But, um, but Tisha Campbell, like I, I, I think of, on just going on TV uh, as a sidebar, real quick. Christina Applegate, I, I like Christina Applegate, who, who made her bones on Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had about three or four attempts at sitcoms over the years and to mitigating you know successes there's no reason why that shouldn't shouldn't have been tisha campbell
2: well that's the issue in hollywood um, not just in filmmaking but tv many roles are not available for black women and chris rock even said this in the previous issue of essence magazine that they don't want to feature black women as much so that's mm-hmm. why you have people like Shonda Rhimes who does celebrate having a lead African American protagonist that's still kind of freshly new and for some reason the mainstream doesn't feel that the black woman is marketable as a lead lady a leading right. lady for some reason yeah it's a shame so,
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and you're right like Tisha Campbell is and, and it, it. the irony is that our our Sort of being sad for Tisha Campbell. When you look at Tisha Campbell among her contemporaries, she's had a better career yes. than ninety nine percent of them. Yes. like she got to play the girlfriend on what two different shows? Like she she the girlfriend ma- and then the wife, yeah. right? You know, she's Martin's girl on you know, Martin Lawrence's on Martin, and then she was on you know my wife and kids with David Wayne. And and you know, like you said, it is it's a damn shame that that is sort of. The most you can aspire towards, right, to be the wife or girlfriend or love interest of the black male lead, yeah, in a show, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tisha can't, you know. Again, I I cannot sing the praises of of the performances in this thing enough. I I have a soft spot for Haley Berry in this film because I think I think Haley Berry is funny. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is one of the very very few films where you get to see her be funny, and 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 I really I really enjoy the 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 date scene between David Allen Greer's character and Haley Barry, and they're just sort of awkward. Oh, they're the date
0: in her house at her, and, yeah. and, and,
1: and, and she's just sort of awkward and shy, and and you know I, just the moment, and it's it's like one of one of my favorite moments in the film that is filled with my favorite moments where david allen greer says goodbye to her in all the different lengths and she she utters this korean very quickly I
0: gotta, I gotta, I gotta.
1: and it comes out of nowhere it's very funny. and then she's like well I, I was just sort of and it's like now see funny Haley barry yeah and and you know i love her arc in this thing where where she's just kind of shy and you, you know and it's it's kind of you, you know even in 1992 I remember like people can't see me but but like I was I did the confuse. like I had the confused face twice <laughs> there are two times that I've had the confused face when I've watched these movies both of them appropriately with uh, Tisha Campbell. Uh, the first one was in School Days where Tisha Campbell is like you know she's the big beautiful one mm-hmm. everybody but like but like 19 87 jasmine guy is standing next to her right right who is just sort of you can't even look at her she's so fond. so i was like why do they not see jasmine guy standing right there like what is all this maybe it's something wrong with me am i gay like maybe i don't know what pretty is right so and then in this you know i love robin gibbons you know Rob's sure fine and i think i think you act like like you actually made the best defense of Robin Givens as Jacqueline that I've ever heard in my entire life. Ten minutes ago, when you talked about how formidable she was, right? And I think that is that is the best argument I've ever heard in it, and that makes sense to me because Haley Berry is beautiful. Like, like I like all of this Haley Berry is. Oh, she's the friend, and oh, she's like, are y'all serious? Right? Like, you know that's nineteen ninety two Haley Berry right there, right? Mm-hmm. And um. But I like how she kind of goes from that, and she gets hard, yeah, and goes, for, and you know, at the end, and, and and you know, and and I love that.
2: You see, like an evolution of her character. Absolutely, so she, she's kind of like the good girl, and even her many of her outfits in the beginning are understated as Robin. Mm-hmm. Her character, Jacqueline, is like the um, flamboyant. Yeah. Type that stands out more—the seductress—and and Holly is kind of like she's graceful, demure, and quiet. And then you do see that transition as she makes the decision to be involved with Marcus, and she becomes more seductive. And mm-hmm. her hair is, is brushed back off her face, mm-hmm. and yeah, everything. I so you yeah. see her looking more mature, which also signifies that they've had sex. So there's like a change in yeah. her appearance. That's and, what happens. And, <laughs> I know he brought her out, right? <laughs> But you know, we also forgot to mention Layla Roshan is in this picture. She is and she's very beautiful as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, but just all of the women are like beautiful, just gorgeous, every every woman cast in this film. I was just
0: actually thinking about that when you when we were, you know, caping up for, for Tisha Campbell and you about Halle Berry, that there's another woman, Layla Rashan in here that that therefore the grace of God Never really got.
1: Never really, yeah.
0: I mean, I think probably her biggest break is um,
1: uh, Waiting to Exhale. Right.
0: Because yeah. she's one of the women in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And,
1: and, 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 and. Oh, and it's. it's Why do
2: Fools Fall in Love with Hollywood? Okay, and right, she's. A, she's a, but not this, as a lead actress. We true. Like.
1: We should do that during yeah. these. Months. Why do Fools Fall in Love? I actually it's love. A good movie. I actually <laughs> love Why Do <the> Fools Fall <laughs> in Love. That's a good movie. That's a, I, And Layla Rashawn is great in it, and Haley Berry. And, and you get. Okay, I just I was just talking about funny Haley Berry. Well, there you go, well, and she's funny in in Why Do Fools Fall in Love. She is very funny, in but that. um, I think the Layla Rashan character was part of that. Like I said, the the sort of ambient Eddie Murphy is a little misogynistic. With because, the
2: feet, right? Right. Well,
1: Layla Rashan in this, and Layla Rashan, and like I actually think Harlem Nights. Gets mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Like it I'm is. not. I'm not a huge fan of Harlem Nights. Me neither. Because Harlem that. Nights gets mean. Yeah. And when people say like, and I see the misogyny in Harlem Nights. Layla's
2: it, in that picture too. Well, right.
1: if it, it, they call it sunshine because right. you throw it up in the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but in, but even that, like like that sort of casual exactly. objectification that you get of her character in that in in yeah. Harlem Nights and. I think it's because of Harlem Nights that I had a kind of a like, you know, he, he you know he lies about the dog and 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 he kind of leads her on, you know, it, it it is you know it is weird kind of watch like I was uh, I paid a lot of attention to that sequence because you're watching
0: it now because it's funny you said that the casual objectification mm-hmm. that appears in Harlem Harlem Nights. It it probably does breathe off uh, breathe off the screen, and maybe it did breathe off the screen to a, to women watching the film, but to the greater populace at large, or let's just say men uh, mm-hmm. at that time, it probably it doesn't hit them because. There was a casualness to objectification Mm -hmm. and homophobia, uh, which is something else we need
1: to talk about in this film. Yeah,
0: there was a a very casualness to it, which is the reason why Eddie Murphy's comedy was so uproariously funny at the time. But if you listen to Raw or Delirious now, you're like, ooh,
1: right, right,
0: ooh, right. Right. You know what I mean? So when you're watching that scene when i watched that scene in 1992 i'm like everybody else i'm i'm joking at you know at the, at the feet you know hamato you know, it's like it's oh Amato. my god you know mm-hmm. later over like oh my god look at that dress you know and then I'm, I'm all there but when i'm watching it now through enlightened eyes through 2016 eyes you're like damn dog i mean you like just straight up like lied right continued to lie when you got to the spot and then just kept rolling with lies and lies and lies to right, so right. get this chicken bed
1: right right like it's it was it's like i don't know what you would call it cuz you know it's it's certainly manipulative you mm. know i wouldn't say you know i don't know if it you know I, it's deceitful it's deceitful like i wouldn't say it's assault or anything like that but no, he no, at, no. right but he absolutely is deceitful and kind of puts her in this position where well well she just don't know what's going on but but again I think, it, I think it, is, it is noteworthy that immediately after that scene, like almost the next scene is when the same thing happens to him with Lady Eloise. Because mm. he's sleeping with Lady Eloise, thinking that this is going to solidify my position mm-hmm. as the department head. Mm-hmm. And then he finds out that she has no power. Right. And when you watch the scene knowing that, you know, remember Lady Eloise's, her, her one assistant. Because remember Lady Eloise has two assistants.
2: John Canada Terrell. She is, had, yeah. from,
1: best known as the dude from She's Gotta Have She's It. has Gotta Have and It. And he plays Flash right. in the Five Heartbeats. Right. And if you're old enough, and I'm not talking to you because you just said you were 11 in 1992. And I don't know about Lynn. I'm still trying to regrow the little piece of my soul <laughs> that she killed when she said that like a little piece of me die like if you go back and you listen to the recording you said you know and i was 11 in 1992 like if you enhance it you can hear me over here go Ugh. and it's like a little piece of my soul dies. but if you're old enough you actually remember him from yeah he's also the hey love dude remember the hey love commercial is he he's it he's the hey love commercial and the hey love and, and it was all of today's romantic yeah. hits yeah. and then the dude says let me borrow that and he said what does he say no 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 my own. brother <laughs> you got to get your own
0: oh that is him that's yeah. him
2: he's in my web series john Candy, he's in real. the quirk chronicles. Yeah. They're, they're, quirky oh, chrono
1: he, i've been a fan since no no my brother you got to get your own but she has two assistants Damn. she has him and obviously he's the pretty one. The pretty one. But then she has that schlubby guy who you can tell is really running things. And remember during the whole dinner scene, he's chuckling under his breath.
0: He knows what's Because
1: he knows what's going down. He's seen this movie before. And he knows that, you know, again, he you know, Marcus is in there because he thinks that, you know, I'm Marcus and I'm going to use my sex and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to solidify my position. But it has, in fact boomeranged
2: it has and just going back to that dinner scene with strong when she confronts him so when do we get to you know? when do we fuck? uh-huh <laughs> and so he kind of i hate to say this but he sees what it feels like to be a woman in a way to get mm-hmm. passed around yeah yeah, he mm-hmm. yeah like oh absolutely he didn't like it you yeah know? and so he was like he for some reason he didn't want to sleep with strong because i think he felt offended by her being so forward and presumptuous yeah and i, I guess maybe there is no benefit to sleeping with her um so he he didn't but i just kind of thought that was interesting (laughs) it is yeah
1: it is a it is a weirdly like if you squint your eyes enough it's a weirdly sort of progressive slant running through this thing Mm -hmm. like it's all of this commentary on what you know even if you like like I, i i saw like the one of the the original ending was or or one of the, well the original ending was like the three dudes when they made up they wanted to end it there but but the original ending like we know the ending is um Haley Bear you know Angela Haley Barry's character is working at the um youth center with the kids right. so right. she quits her big job works at the youth center and then he comes and makes the big romantic plea for her and they changed it mm-hmm. to he quits his job. Mm-hmm and goes and works with the kids hmm. and she gets the high power job all right and i thought that was such a great statement like like and and she tells him you you know i you you don't give me the love i deserve and 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 you know and and, and he says uh, like you know we have all this conversation about the nice guy and the, you know nice guys thinking that they're owed something for being nice and you know this very immediate conversation we're having right now and it struck me when he said i quit my job and she says to him did i tell you to do that boom i love that scene and it's like whoa this love that this is the nice guy thing like this is the 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 disassembly of the nice guy phenomenon right here in 1992 i quit my job did i tell you to do that boom like you yeah. said, so it's, it's this, it's like, wow, I think I could let my daughter watch this when she's a little older.
0: Well, I think so also because, um, well, first of all, despite some of some of the fashions may be being a little, little dated, really not a whole lot. I mean, there's some, you know, some styles you may not roll with, but for the most part, you know, the, the fashions are kind of timeless, you know, you know, tr- you know, Tuck them pants in a little bit more, you know. what I'm saying, take the cross color sign off a couple of things. It could be put on today.
1: The story, the mu- the mushroom shirt is is that's the- eternal.
0: Um,
2: I think also the movie has a good representation of the young, ba- excuse me, the young black professionals. Oh, it did. It's
0: yeah. probably it was the, like the movie that that bigged up that whole buppy right. movement and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. So
2: that was a good look for yeah. showing oh, like black professionals and how that certain lifestyle that they had and.
0: Yeah, it, it it definitely it definitely in in many ways that the the Cosby Show uh, would go on to do. It certainly gave you you know showed this you know a life that you you could aspire to right. right. You know? But I think the reason why you could still show this movie movie to your to your to your daughter is because the story is timeless. Mm-hmm. There's always dogs. There's always dogs that need they need to get the you know need to get snipped, you know what I mean, <laughs> and um, and 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 that's that that story will never go away, and I think this the arc that Halle Berry goes through, even though watching it again they probably could have moved that up. Like the the movie is not a long movie, right? But it, it probably could have been a little bit shorter hmm. than it is. Hmm. I, I will say that. I think that that story could have been moved up a little bit. Um, and I also think. I also think. You know, th- that being said, I think it's a timeless story, and I and I think it could be told uh, at any time. But I do also think that there's a little bit a short rift given to. You know, as much as we keeping up for the for the chicks and their and their storyline in this film, a little bit of short riff given to the breaking of the man code, right? Because the man code is okay. I don't care how fine that chick is that you actually went out with a couple of times. Okay, if you're my boy, I'm not stepping to that girl. If I am stepping to that woman, it's certainly going to be. More than a couple of weeks in between the time when you were stepping, through. sure sure that is that is I would imagine that's that's
1: girl code too,
2: of course, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, I,
1: I don't know how many additional scenes you needed i mean i mean you you wanted some additional scenes of them not being boys,
0: oh no no, no, no i'm I'm just talking about i'm I, I just think that. No, I I you probably don't need any more additional scenes of it. You're right. But I I do think that it's the gravity of it is Right, c- right. C- c- that really is well, a big thing. You, you know, it,
1: it's funny that that you said you, you said and I thought you were going to talk about this early when you talked about David Allen Greer being the capital A actor mm-hmm. in, you know, really in the whole cast. And that scene, like it is, it, you know, it is. This is a light movie for the most part. It is frothy, and you know, we all bang, 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 and you got to coordinate. <laughs> but that moment when David Allen Greer repeatedly says, "Why are you asking? Why are you asking?" Like it is, like you, 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 you get a peek into the the sort of devastation. Mm-hmm. that Marcus leaves behind him with his actions like in a lot of ways that's as affecting if not more affecting as the moment when um when when Angela says you know love should have brought your ass home last night and you know and pokes him in the forehead even though even with that scene i know we're talking about the man thing but i just want to miss when Marcus lies very quickly on the phone to Jacqueline and says, "Oh, Angela just came by," and there's a quick shot of Angela's face. Yes, yes. And I was like, you know, this like, like Marcus and and you know when we at our very first thing that we talked about, where I said Jacqueline is a superhero, and you said you got to say Marcus is a superhero too, and I said no, Marcus isn't a superhero. Those are the two moments, right, where I can't say marcus is the man like this is somebody i would aspire to be because you get these two moments where you see the look on angela's face where just just second nature he lies right you know oh you know clearly she's living with him oh she just dropped by and it's like damn dog really yeah Yeah. and then you know why why are you asking why you know you got to get all the girls you got to do yeah Where where I think that kind of goes with what you're saying you're right, you're right. about this breakdown in the friendship. But you know, I love the fact that they acknowledged that there is some type of male code about these things. And, you know, and it's funny and all. But like when, <laughs> when Martin Lawrence's character is like, you know, we don't hang out no more. And I love y'all. And 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 I, you know you done messed up everything. It was like that's real that's real dude like that's real dude talk right there it is you it know is, about yeah. dudes and there's a, a conflict between two of the dudes and that messes up the whole crew and you almost got to get this these two back together to reconstruct the crew like you messing up the whole crew with y'all stuff right now so you, you know and what is
0: left unsaid there is that while the crew is back together the crew is never going to be the same right because of that. Right. That's true.
2: I also wanted to go back to the scene where when Marcus is getting his just desserts and he is pretty much the topic for office gossip. And he's not comfortable and um, Angela approaches Jacqueline. She says, well, whatever you're doing, it's kind of this reversal of the roles of kind of sometimes how a woman is played by a guy mm-hmm. and everyone knows about it and they're talking yeah. about it. And so you got like this powerful player who's always on his A game and he's kind of, the women have really turned him with well, Jacqueline on his head and it's put him in a position where he's not accustomed at all. And it is affecting his work because he was so successful as a marketing executive and now he can't concentrate and focus and be like, On his a game professionally, right? So it really not just like his personal and sexual prowess, but also professionally, she really turned the tables on him in so many different ways. And Mm. she
0: usurped his. Not only did she usurp his, you know, the job that he wanted, right? But in that instance, she took his spot because you had to figure from like from the beginning of the film when he comes walking in and he's like, you know, giving the, you know, the flirty hello to every woman in there, you know. There's probably like about every third woman he's probably going out with right, there, right. and they probably all had know it, and right. they just living with it.
2: Yeah, they just want to be the one chosen, right? To be, to be with Marcus, and, and you
0: know they're like, okay, well, hey, we had what we had, and it was whatever, right? You know what I mean? Not all of them are as you know as 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 uh, devastated by what happened, their encounters with Marcus, as uh, Tisha Campbell, right? <laughs> but um, but when he now comes in. And all these women, who you have to figure every third one has probably been with Marcus, are all rallying around Jacqueline as she tells them, you know, right. what I've done. It's like, girl, yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's like the savior has come. She's a superhero in that She's a right, 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 damn right, sure yeah. Super, yeah. And she just turns around like, Hello, Marcus (laughs) and and then the funniest thing is is as he walks up the steps the girlfriend is coming down the steps trying not to look at him and she's like laughing in his in his face in that place she has now taken his spot in the in the whole in the in the whole business right everybody you know like uh Chris Rocks Boney T is like Marcus first the fat boy is now this
1: um I'm I'm. I'm positive. I've said that about something in the past ten days.
0: Exactly. First,
1: the Fat Boys broke up. Now this, (laughs) and this might be. You know, we're out of paper towels (laughs) or in the house or what? Because that is that has become a part of my language. Exactly. First, the Fat Boys break up. Now this, we need gas. Yeah, like she
0: has. She has like totally taken. Everything,
2: even when she stood him up. Remember that scene? Yes, she yes. Played him, played him, and th- then showed up and seduced him in her trench coat underwear. She was naked, kind of half naked underneath, and she just played him. And <laughs> left
0: two hundred dollars <laughs> on the night. <laughs> left it on oh, the nightstand. Oh my stand. god!
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then she put it on him so hard. And yeah. It was just like his toes were curling. That and brother sucking his thumb.
1: <laughs> and they left two hundred dollars and peace. Peace out. <laughs> You know the funny thing like you're saying he he had probably been with every third woman the implication is that part of the reason he had been with so many of them is they had been spreading the word mm-hmm.
0: exactly. about his
1: prowess in bed mm-hmm. much like Jacqueline had told Strange mm-hmm. but you see the way just the different context right like like he's being objectified in both in in both scenarios But the second one is one that, you know, traditionally women have dealt with Mm -hmm. where, yes, you are good at this, but I want you to be good at this for my benefit. So I hear that you real good at doing it. Mm -hmm. And but I want to get something out of it and leave. And, you know, like Jacqueline said, you know, I was so tense. When I came here, and whoo, you really mm. uh, got that kink out. There. Yeah, now I can go home and, and do some important business. But she, she now manages, that you've relaxed me,
2: she manages to successfully make him feel insecure, and she even tells him that he is becoming weak. And you remember the some kind of trip they went on? Yeah. And she said, "Oh, yeah. this is the Marcus I like. You right, know, where right. It's like what happened to you? You know that kind of thing." So mm. it was just interesting to see how you know he just went from being like at the top and down and you know and also with balancing with the betrayal with his friendship with Dave Allen Greer's character yeah. you know but I do think that when men have that male code that's been violated I think traditionally speaking or the generalization is that you guys tend to patch up better when you fall over a woman more so than women with women it's just over mm-hmm. you
1: know <laughs> that <laughs> is true right men Yeah,
2: are, men are more forgiven about that than women are yeah like in, yeah female friendships that is true generally
1: speaking and you know I think the other the other kind of devastating part about that scene is that David Allen Greer wasn't surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, this is just who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, this is who you are. And, and and you know, during the apology, Marcus says to him, you know, I've known you my whole life since we were kids. And, and you know, I don't think it's too much to infer that this has kind of been their relationship. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he's the quiet one. Uh, Marcus is Marcus, and you know it's 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 collateral damage when you have a friendship like that. And this collateral damage touched home. Yeah. So. Yeah. Still a shame. Still, <laughs> still, still a shame. Uh, we
0: would be remiss if we talk about this movie Boomerang from 1992, and not follow up on what Autumn brought up—the soundtrack, which in many ways. Was as big of a hit as this movie was. Mm-hmm. It was made for forty-two million. It made one hundred and thirty million. Right. But this album was maybe even a bigger hit. Yeah, because Boys to Men ended the road, which is right. on here. That's
2: the biggest song. It's like one of the biggest hit. songs
0: of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know, broke records. Mm-hmm. Um, even
2: Elvis Presley's record, I believe. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I, I yeah, it broke time. like Elvis Presley's record. Introduced uh, the world
1: to. Um, Tony Braxton, Tony Braxton mm-hmm. just
0: like this movie introduced the world really introduced the world to Halle Berry. Right. Yeah. This this introduced the world to Tony Braxton on the um,
2: Love Shoulda Brought You Home and and then she has a song with Babyface give me Baby, my heart. G- give me my heart which yeah. I actually I I like I like yeah. that song. Yeah, Anita Baker originally was going to sing Love Shoulda Brought You Home, but she was um kind of under the weather at the time right. and suggested to Babyface that Tony who sang the demo they that had she the, should do the song. She should
0: do it. Yeah, yeah. and and she killed, and yeah, she she killed really it. She really did. And,
1: that's what made her career. Um, one of my Johnny favorite Gill. tribe songs is actually on this "Hot Sex on a Platter." Yes. It, it is on the soundtrack. And it's like
0: the it, and it's almost like the forgotten track. It is. It's the, it's the throwaway. It's the throwaway yeah. on there, but it's 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 so scintillating. I love that. Track. I know because
1: that's like that's the only reason I bought the soundtrack in 1992. Really, I wanted the tribe song. Wow, that's not the reason. Yeah. I bought it. Johnny
2: Gill's "There You Go." There you go. I love that song. That's a, like a mood setter.
0: I bought this. I I bought it because I just I I I like the movie. But I think the track that I found myself playing off of this song, off of this soundtrack, the most, um, I like, and I like boys to men. You know, K-pop for my boys, but it was PM Dawn? PM Dawn? Yeah, they're good. I die Jim without you. Die without you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, it, it, that is just probably more so than a lot of those songs on there. As great a, a soundtrack is it? That song is just like that song is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I melt when I hear it, and and it just puts me. I mean, "Love to Should Have Brought You Home" makes me think of the movie, right? Puts me back in those times. "End of the Road" makes me think a little bit of the movie, but I I I see I see boys and men walking down the road in the video. "PM Dawn" just puts me. It just. I go to another place when I hear that song, man. I really, I really, Hot Sex on the Platter just makes me want to f- find Leila Rashawn. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but PM Dawn just makes me want to, um, it puts me in another world, another galaxy, man. And I just, and I want to stay in that galaxy forever. It is just such a beautiful song. And also, what's the song? Um, Feels Like Heaven. Spending time with you la la oh yeah Just la- hold up because i got the tracks down here I'm find it. <laughs> oh um, 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 um kenny vaughn in the art of love feels like heaven oh i love that song <laughs> uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a good mood song right there you man. are a fan of the
1: soundtrack i love this soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. The
2: soundtracks they really compliment they're kind of like having the fantastic shoes for the outfit. Yeah. You gotta yeah. have the right soundtrack. Yeah. It just helps solidify the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And even with like Lady Sings the Blues or their Preacher's Wife or Waiting to Exhale or any other movie that you could say is really awesome, they have these amazing soundtracks. Yeah. Oftentimes.
0: There's another song on here, Aaron Hall. Bringing back Charlie Wilson. This is kind of like putting Charlie Wilson on his solo path. um It's going to be all right. I mean, these are all just like new Jack, <laughs> n- totally new Jack swing tracks that you know you listen to him now. Like what, really? But like I was thinking, yeah, soundtracks, and yeah. You know, yeah. Sorry. But it's, it's, it's just, uh, oh man, it's such a great, great soundtrack. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. I love the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack more than the movie. I, I'm listening to you. I will. I yeah. like the movie. Yeah. I do like the movie. I love the soundtrack. Wow. I
2: think that can be said. Like, just going back to Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard, I think the Bodyguard soundtrack was probably more popular than the movie, though Kevin Costner was a big star during that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Houston was well respected while well receiving that film. It was all about the soundtrack. The
0: soundtrack sold that movie. It did. A lot of people, like, you bought the soundtrack and put you in the mind
1: of the movie. Oh, I want to see that movie again. Right, right. You know because I mean? of the yeah. music. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I Will Always Love You may have sold a few copies from that book. just the
0: way well, I want to. Do
1: you know. remember Whitney Houston's song? And I will always love you. She has a I, song called "I will, uh, have you are you familiar? I am, I am familiar, familiar with that.
0: I think so. Yes. Yeah, I will always I I I I love think it. I heard it somewhere. Whitney
1: Houston has a song <laughs> called I Will Always Love You. I don't know if you've heard it before, but, but it it was it was pretty big at, <laughs> at the moment. I don't know it's funny. But I think that may have helped. Sell so some of the Bodyguard soundtrack. I th- I think I haven't looked it up, but I think that may have sold some. Of
2: I remember the first time okay. I heard it on the radio. Yeah, I uh, think, um, it was. I was like, What's this? Are you
1: familiar with the song? <laughs> Point made, Vince. <laughs> um,
0: it's interesting. Uh, BET in 2005 uh-huh. did the top 25 movies of the last 25 years mm-hmm. at that time, and Boomerang was number 21. It's respectable,
2: it could be higher.
1: What 20 movies did BET give me three movies that they listed higher than Boomerang?
2: What are the top five or
0: 10? Well, I'll give you the top five.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: So these are the top 25 uh, black movies,
1: black movies. And this is BET. So you assume these are black people picking the movies. Most certainly. (laughs) So number one was Malcolm X.
0: Okay. Okay. All
2: right. That's good. That's one of my favorites. That's a good one. All right.
0: Number two, the color purple.
2: I own it. I I like it. I we quote. I, I mean, okay.
0: I right. yeah. put the color. I put the color. I mean, I'll go along. I, I mean, all right.
1: We quote the color. I don't color think you color. can argue with that. <laughs> well, you well, you know, just just to be um a contradiction as someone who always lists black movies, I don't know if I'm gonna list a Steven Spielberg movie. Over I was gonna say that, Hollywood. but but yeah. all right, but for the sake, let's let's go. All right, it's a better what? film. I,
2: well, Yes, it's a better film. That's what, I, yes, wanted That's what film. I wanted to ask, because when we were talking about, you were like, Lynn, you have to, uh, Audrey, or excuse me, Autumn, you have to pick... A, a. <laughs> not sure if you... Who am I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> My government name. No. Okay.
2: Um, you were saying that we need to pick a black film, and mm. there are films that do have um, black cast in them, but yes. there may be like a non-black director, producer. And so I was like, well, what exactly, how are you deciding that?
0: Yeah. Well, basically... <laughs> how we decided is that black, the black film is however you would categorize. Right, right. We're very open. I was
1: was just being argumentative about the color. I actually think the color purple is a black movie. Okay,
2: because it is directed by Steven Spielberg, who is Jewish, but the book is adapted from Alice Walker's Sure. Price, uh, you know Yeah,
1: and, and the sure.
0: cast is predominantly black, yes. right? So, so right. it so would course. be considered a black right. film. Okay, right. so I just, what, what, I just wouldn't
2: know how pure we were going. No no, yeah. no, 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 like, it, it know, to be a it's... black director too. And, no, no, know, no.
0: Know. Okay. no. Well, well, Vince does have like a one-drop rule. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, so I I got, like, so it's the boom grip is a brother. Right. Like it sound black to me.
1: Right. Like I'm the 1952 version. You know, you have a bad tan. You got to sit on the back of the bus with us. All right, go ahead. What's the third one?
0: I said the third one, this is where I would, I definitely have an argument.
1: Love and basketball. Uh. You know what? The, it, it, there is a certain person that loves, love I don't know. And, and I can't quite nail it down. But mm-hmm. there is a demographic mm-hmm. of black people that love in basketball is they one. That's they one it is just to quote other uh Eddie Murphy movies. That's day one right there. Love and Basketball. Right. So I wouldn't put Love and Basketball, but I I I know people who Love and Basketball was their big they are like the Love Jones people. Mm-hmm. Like it's Love Jones people. All right, so what's, what's after Love and Basketball?
0: Uh, after Love and Basketball is um rounding out the, the top 5. No, you've only done 3. Well, I'm rounding out the top 5. Malcolm X, Color Purple, Love and Basketball. Friday, Friday. And, w- and Ray. Okay. That's the top five.
2: Okay. All
1: right. Well. Yeah, I wouldn't do Ray. I'd hear... I'd listen to a Friday argument, but I wouldn't do Ray. I would no. definitely... Like, Friday is one of my top five
0: favorite movies of all time. So it's, I own it is
1: one of my... Friday's a great film. It. Friday is quiet. Is that it? your barometer
0: if you own it? Well, <laughs> I,
2: I like to invest in movies, so if I do buy it, that means that I... Like it beyond like just liking it.
1: Got gotcha. you. know right. what I mean.
2: So it's kind of you know. I, I I'm you. a film. No, and I, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I Yeah, I, I am.
1: I, wanna own I, it. I, I I am. I'm I'm a big fan of 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 these three Eddie Murphy films. I'm a huge, huge, huge Coming to America fan, mm-hmm. and I am a big fan of Boomerang. I probably would have had Boomerang in my top ten.
0: Wow, I think uh, Boomerang, Interesting enough now that I'm looking at it, that is the in those 25 years, that is the highest ranking Wow, so Coming America it is the, the only
1: it, ranking. Coming America is not on there, but
0: Boomerang
1: no, is no. I, I'll,
0: I'll keep it going so um, we stopped at, at, at Ray, so I, I'm just going to read them through now, so it's Coming to America Oh, oh there you go, Coming to America, it's right there I missed it <laughs> Yeah, it happens <laughs> I missed it. Well, there you go.
1: Right, right, right. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I totally missed it. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, I think. I think coming to America is is his magnum opus. Yeah, I think it's his best movie. Like, like it really is. He used all of his powers, and everything clicked. And 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 you know the production and but we're not doing coming <laughs> to America. We're doing boomerang. Um. Yeah. So boomerang. <laughs> boomerang. <laughs>
2: I boomerang and use my government name. <laughs> it's a very quirky, quirky triple. I have too many different aliases. It's crazy.
0: It's all good. Um, and, and quirky Tribble. Yes. Autumn Simmons has a web series, The Quirk. Quirky. The
2: Quirk Chronicles. The Quirk Chronicles. Yes. And then I play Desiree Pierce. So I have too many identities. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But it's all good when it's under art. So God, that's, get right, that's that, right, that's right, that's right. Get a pass.
0: <laughs> Most certainly. Now, um, you have three episodes up on YouTube. Where on YouTube can people find it?
2: Under my YouTube channel, Autumn Simmons. Mm-hmm. I'm the only black Autumn Simmons you'll find under YouTube. So okay, cool. for so the that- time being, that works. <laughs> Dope. Um, you can always just type in the Quirk Chronicles in Google, and it will lead you to the YouTube channel as well Mm -hmm. and you can even find the indiegogo campaign by typing in the quirk chronicles in google or yahoo and everything will come up the first three episodes i'm really excited about episode four we're going to begin shooting april 9th and it's titled a taste for satisfaction that's all i'm going to say
0: all right okay all right
2: we'll be out by spring episode four
0: dope we're looking forward to it like i say it is it is cool it's, it, they're cute they're they're not long they're only like about less than 10 minutes the episodes but um they're kind of they're they're really kind of cool. They're they're they're, they're something and shot right here in Philadelphia. Yes. All right, he like said with John Canada Terrell. Yes,
2: he's in the first one. Looking like he, he gave me some inside tea about working on Boomerang. When to hear it? Or should we just keep it
1: going? Oh, oh no, okay.
0: you got to drop
2: it. Come should on, I? Bro. Should I share? Okay, go ahead. You're
1: not gonna get sued. No, we? no. Okay, all right, go no. ahead.
2: He did share that while making the film, she said Eddie didn't like him, and um, a lot of his scenes were actually edited. Because he his character wasn't the focus of the story. And that's typical with films. They usually shoot a lot and then edit down. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm, so that, yeah. it's not personal all the time. Oh, okay. But he did stress that he wasn't like, that he didn't like him for some reason. Sometimes that happens, egos in the industry. I've experienced that a little bit, just on a very small level with making my project and running into people that I looked up to. And I was kind of like, you know, and then find out that they don't really like you, you know? right so it's right, just right. it's life you know it's, it's life it's and yes. that's hollywood right yeah
0: <laughs> amen that's what it is that's what it is well autumn we really yes thank you thank you
2: thank you for having me. this was awesome it's
0: great oh good yeah. that's cool that's cool. now this was um you stopped in for boomerang because you know you heard we were doing boomerang yeah. you said yo i'm coming
2: yeah that's the movie actually before i found out you selected it i was you told me to pick a movie, Lynn, and I went with that one, not right. knowing that you had already selected Great them. Minds.
0: Yeah. Great minds think alike. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully, you know, you you'll come back and join us one day. Absolutely. With with a with a selection of your
1: own. That's right.
0: But this okay. I did genuinely pick
2: it. No, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I know, but but one that else. is solely you. Okay, right, solely right, right, solely right, yours. right, right. Yeah. You it's kinda of hard mean? to do because it's like when you said mahogany or lady sings the blues, I'm very like big fan of those as well so I'll, I'll work out some there are other
0: films there's tons of them tons. So we're tons gonna do them. all of them we are gonna do them all
2: <laughs> right here oh, thanks for having me
0: on the Michelle mission available on michellemission.com iTunes SoundCloud and also available on the Black Tribbles podcast network so keep it coming email us michellemission at gmail.com let us know your um, your thoughts your concerns any movies that you want to hear us do i uh, Vince kinda of let the the out of the bag a little bit in June. We're gonna be doing uh Black Music Month. So I know we're gonna be doing under the Cherry Moon.
1: Definitely under the Cherry Moon. And C B four.
0: C B four. And it sounds like we're gonna be doing um uh, uh Why the Fools Fall in Love. Why the Fools Fall in Love. So we've gotta pick another one. So you'll pick another one one. You'll pick another one. And then next year I'll do the I'll do it for that.
1: For right. this year, you'll do it. All right.
0: Saves me the trouble. There you go. All right. Um, we'll be back next week with another film uh, in April, which is Love Month. And this will be my choice. And it will be one of my favorite films of all time. Love Jones.
1: Everything's so beautiful.
0: I can't wait to watch this first time. Aww. I love this film. Okay. This is where I fell in love with Neil Long. The beginning. Oh, all right. We got to get out of here. <laughs> um, this is Len. That's Autumn, and for events you're partying. Hey,
1: what a double love, love